0: Welcome to the weekly message from Rhema Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rhema.org.au forward slash media. Good morning, everybody. Praise God. This is a good church. It's a great church. You know what my wife said to me out there? She's going to get cranky. She said, I can make this my home church. So praise God, and I just want to thank Pastor Tony and Patsy just for the privilege of having me. I don't take it for granted. I don't take it lightly, but uh, praise God. God is good. Can I just quickly mention, I've got a new book. Uh, Those of you might have read my book on 800 horsemen, but I've written one on an Aboriginal light horseman called Billy, and he was a stockman from the Northern Territory, came down and joined the light horse and was involved In the liberation of the city that Jesus is coming back to. No, that's not New York, that's Jerusalem. And uh, this is probably the best I've ever heard. It's two CDs called The Breath of God. 1,500 positive scriptures. One's got 700, one's got 800, but it's just awesome. So uh, how many of you know you need to be listening to the word all the time? Faith comes by hearing and hearing. You know, we're being bombarded by the world all the time. Fear and anxiety. In fact, you know, I was just listening to this lady psychologist and she was saying here how astounded she is of the effect that the you know all this COVID's having on our our young people, you know, with fear and anxiety and depression. And uh, she was just she went on to say that even the adults, three out of five adults, she said now have major mental problems. So Jan and I are right, so I don't know about the rest of you, but anyway, thank you. Open your Bibles to Acts, Acts chapter 4. Father, we just give you praise and glory. We're excited about what you're doing in our lives, our homes and our families. And Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. You're welcome here to touch our lives in Jesus' name. Well, how many of you believe we live in unprecedented times? I mean, I was just saying to Jen, just go back about 15, 18 months ago. Who would have thought that this would have been you know, what's happening to our country, the world, that they could shut the churches just like that and lock everybody up and close the borders, you know, just like that. I mean, if I'd said that or you'd said that, we would have just, it was fairy story stuff, but it's really happening. In Acts chapter 4, you know, I was asking the Lord that, you know, uh, I don't know everything. I don't profess to know everything. I like to know why things work and why things don't work. As a pastor, you know, it's wonderful to see people healed. That's wonderful. But you know, I was concerned for the people that weren't healed. You know, what, what was it in their lives? What, what, how come? And here you find what's going on in Acts chapter 4 that, uh, that Peter and John have just been arrested and they've been threatened, they've been beaten up and they're told to shut up now and don't, you know, don't be preaching anymore. And so uh, how would you feel if that was you or me? And so they come back, and let's pick up the story in Acts chapter 4, verse 31. And when they prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. I like that. Now, the multitude of those who believe were of one heart, one soul. Think about this. This is talking about unity. Is that right? They were, they were one heart, one soul. Neither did anyone say of the things he possessed was his own. But they had all things in common. Talking about unity here. The next verse. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And I love this. And great grace. Great grace. Not just grace, but great grace was upon them all. Not just the preachers, but on everybody. Great grace. If you want to do a word study, that's where we get our word mega. Mega grace. Is that awesome? Mega. I mean, think about that's That's the difference between just maybe grace and great grace. And if you read on, the miracles that happened after that. What would your life be like if you had mega grace? That just up and think. I don't know. But what would be different in your life if there was mega grace on your life? You know, the, the difficult would become easy. The things that were impossible would now become possible. Is that right or not? No more striving and stressing and and pushing and shoving. Is that right? But great grace, that's talking about God's unmerited favor on your life. So if you could have great grace, you must be able to have less grace. Is that right? Or you couldn't have great grace if some... Have you ever stopped, and I've thought about this a few times, I've seen people that just, you know, they seem to have favor on their lives, whatever they do. You know, I think Jerry Seville seems to be like that. I, I told everybody I'm God's favourite. I believe that. But you can have more than one favourite. Is that right or not? But think about this. There are people out there that just, everything seems, you know, it, it seems to work for them. My, my grandsons are, are like that. Josh, he's, a, he's a, almost a professional surfer, you know, the, the blonde hair, tan body, good looking, we call him Hollywood. That's his nickname. And just recently lost his job. So he goes out and signs on with this um, uh, agency and just did his first commercial for one of the pizza huts, one of those people, Domino's Pizza, loves it. But he just got signed on as an extra for the rock movie as well. So all of a sudden he was out of a job now he's going to be a movie star. (laughs) You know... Uh, some people just seem to have that favor and that great grace came on them all. Now, I want to know, I don't know about you, but I, that interests me. Great grace, what is it? You know, think about that. It's a gift that's not earned. It's not striving to impress God, but it's unearned favor. Isn't that great? Think about it. So I, I, I wanna, I'm want i going to keep saying it. What difference would would your life be if you really had that? mega grace on your life think about it go to genesis with me if you would genesis chapter 6 in genesis chapter 6 you know what's going on here and i'll read to you from uh, verse 5 it says uh, then the lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually and the lord was sorry that he made man on the earth and he was grieved in his heart And so the Lord said, I didn't say, the Lord said, I'll destroy man from whom I've created the face of the earth, both man and beast and creeping things and birds of the air, for I'm sorry that I've made them. But verse, we don't stop there. Verse 8, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Now that excites me, I don't know about you, what difference would it make in your life? To this man, it was the difference between life and death. Is that right? Right? To this man, is, is that right? It's the difference between cat, catastrophe, <laughs> catastrophe. is that right? And survival. Think about this. Isn't that the days we are living in right now? That he found grace in the eyes of the Lord. I love that. God has no respect of persons. How can we get that grace? The difference between life and death. You know, the ark in types and shadows, the ark is a type of salvation. How many of you believe the flood is real right now? If you don't believe that, you've been living in a cave. Is that right? Some people think it's a conspiracy. Well, it's a pretty good conspiracy. Listen to me. Young pastor in Bali, just died from it, 40 years of age. One of our best friends, pastors in Alabama, 34 of his people are in, in hospital with it. He just buried another one two days ago. Two of our friends in Virginia, have both been in, with COVID in hospital for a long time now. And this pastor, friends of ours rang up and he said, if you believe this conspiracy, he said, I'm at the hospital watching my wife struggle for every breath of whether she's going to live or she's going to die. You know, so hey, I, I believe the thing's real. Whether you, Hey, believe what you want to, that's up to you. But I, you know, here, we don't have to be under that. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord when the world was going nuts. The world was being destroyed. Is that right? But he found grace. What difference would that grace make in your life? It can be the difference between life and death. Look at Luke with me, if you would. How many of you believe the Bible? Not what I say, but it's what the Word of God says. In Luke chapter 1, here, and this is the Virgin Mary, is that right? And pick it up in verse, um, uh, verse 26. Now, in the sixth month of the angel of Ga- angel Gabriel was sent by God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, rejoice, highly favored. Is that right? Not just favored, but highly favored. If God is no respecter of persons, is that right? There are different levels of grace highly favored one the lord is with them uh, was you with you blessed are you among women look at verse 30 then the angel said second time do not be afraid mary for you have found favor is that right you found favor with god man i love it he repeats it so what happened with mary when the grace came not only changed her life it changed the world can i have an amen or what look at luke chapter 2 with me for a moment then we're here talking about jesus In Luke chapter 2, and verse 40, And the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. I love that. So think about this. Paul comes back and it says mega grace. It says mega grace was upon them all. It wasn't just something really from inside. It says mega grace was on them all. I, I like that. So imagine your church or your home or your family, mega grace. You know, I'm trying to, with our kids and our grandkids, we're trying to talk to them about grace. My granddaughter, you know, she was working for IGA, didn't have a real good, uh, um, what is it, credentials to go to university. And so we kept, she wanted to be a paramedic, so we kept on and on. Come on, you you know God, the favour of God, well, hey. She's, be, she's now on the Gold Coast right now in the first stages of being a paramedic and almost every exam she has high distinctions, high distinctions. In fact, the guy that's the, the boss over the whole thing likes her. I like. It's called favour. They brought her out, you know, to do to, to a display, the dummy's down there and you've got to have the defibrillator, whatever it is, to restart the heart and they hand it to her and the battery's flat. So everybody's looking, they said, well, what do you do now? And she said, "Uh, charge a battery might be a good start, mate. Hello? And the professor says, I never thought of that. This is only the teacher. Hello, it's called mega grace. Some people are looking at me real strange. Listen to me, I believe that you can, is that right? Talk to your kids and your grandkids about the grace of God, particularly in the day and age we live. Can I have an Amen. My other grandson goes for a job. 400 people apply for the job. 400 people. And the boss says, I like your attitude and I like your manners. You got the job. Hello? I like your manners. I like your attitude. Better have some manners. My nana's going to slap them up the ear. Is that right or not? (laughs) So we're talking about mega grace. So that grace was on Mary, that grace increased that Jesus increased. Look at verse 52 of Luke, it says here, and Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Not just with God, but with God and man. What difference would mega grace make in your life? What difference would it make in your business? What difference would it make in your marriage? You know, we're we're all dealing with things we're not being able to, maybe it's a habit, I don't know. Maybe it's, you're addicted to something, I don't know, and you've tried and you've confessed and believed God and I'm not knocking that. But all of a sudden it hasn't worked. What do we do now? Remember Paul? He says, ask the Lord to take, is that right? Take this thorn in the flesh away. What does God say? He says, my grace is sufficient for you. No matter what the situation, is that Right? get a revelation of my grace. My grace is sufficient. Think about that. And what does Paul say? He writes, is that right? I'll glorify God in my weakness, in my ability to produce results myself. I'll glorify God. How many of us have been out there striving and pushing and stressing? Hey, you know, and you're giving it your best shot. I I, I get people all the time at the moment. Pastor, can you help me? I went to business college, got a business degree, and it was working my business, but all of a sudden it's not working anymore. I'm still applying the same principles. It's a different age. It's not working anymore. Different ones ring us up. Their church is closed or people are leaving. Is that right? It's worked all this time. It's not working anymore. Do you have a word? Yes, it's called the grace of God. Maybe it's time to stop trying to do it yourself. Stop trying to make it happen yourself. Hello? See, listen to me anyway. Thank you for your enthusiasm on the point. We'll get back to that in a minute. There are different levels of grace. I'm seeing this. Look in 2 Peter with me for a moment. How many of you still believe the Bible? The goodness of God, the grace of God. I believe that everything you'll ever need in life was provided for on the cross. What he's asking you to do is simply sit down and receive it. Grace is what God has done for you. Faith is how accepts it from him. It's a two-side grace. Is that right? It's what God has done for us. Faith is simply receiving, not trying to push, shove. How (laughs) How many times when we started off, I was going to move the hand of God. How arrogant. How arrogant. Listen to me. I believe that whatever you need has already been supplied. All he's asking you to do is simply receive it. Paul says that he doesn't frustrate he doesn't frustrate the grace of God. He says that the grace of God might not be in vain. How could the grace of God be in vain? Simply because you don't receive it, simply because a lot of times we don't even know about it. This has worked before, it'll work again. Is that right? And all of a sudden, I just find some of the things aren't working anymore. It's a different age. I'm not saying praise God for the word, the foundations of the word. But hey, all of a sudden, I realize how much I need the grace of God. The goodness of God to step back, it's called a rest. There is a rest for the people of God. Can I have an Amen? Have a better Amen. Look in Second Peter chapter one, verse two. It says, Grace and peace be multiplied, not just added, multiplied. How many of you know multiplied is better than being added? Multiplied to you, how? Through the laying on of hands, through prophecy, no, not knocking it, no, through the knowledge of God, more knowledge of the word, more grace more that we can access that grace multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord as his divine power has given to us all things, all things that pertain to life and godliness. How? Through the knowledge of him who called to us by glory and virtue, by which we have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these great and uh, 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 precious promises, through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having what? escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. That we might escape. I love that. What difference would grace make in your life? Mega grace. Not just a little mega. You know, I was sharing in the first service. True story. We've got a couple of friends. They've been separated for nine months. Had a business on the Gold Coast and they're going to go to Malta and live in Malta for a while and help a friends over there. So she flies out before the COVID hits and then he's waiting to go and then COVID hits and he gets, he gets stuck here. He can't get out, she can't get back. Nine months they've been separated. Nine months. You know, unless you've got a business class or first class ticket, you ain't getting on a plane because they're not taking anybody with economy. Is that right? And so they start to pray. They've also been touched by the grace of God. So he says, can't you fly back? No, can't She says, can't you fly over? No. So what happens? They pray about it. They go into a travel agent who just happens to be a Catholic. Everybody was a Catholic once, weren't they? Anyway. But she goes in and the name, the travel agent's name, true story, is Angel Gabriel. (laughs) Would you make that up? Before God, I'm not making that up. And so she finds a way to get her on a plane. And she arrived back here just a few weeks ago. And the immigration guy gets her, takes her aside and says, how did you get here? You're not even on the manifest to fly. If I was an Aussie, I'd say, well, I'm here and I ain't going back. But he's saying, how did you even get into the country? Your names are not here. Is that right? And you're not even on the manifest. It's called grace. It's called favor. You don't believe that? We'll go without Believe and receive or doubt and go without. You know, the more I'm seeing more just the simple, the grace of God, the favor of God, you know, moving into another level of grace. Mega grace. Is that right? Great grace. Mega grace. Think about that. I was sharing before, you know, not striving, not stressing, but just reaching out. Thank you, Jesus, for your grace, what you've provided for me. Revelation. I'm in the word and revelations. I'm starting to see those exceeding great and precious promises. I don't have to stress. I don't have to strive. When God created man, he created him as the last thing. Everything was provided for. He didn't say halfway through, roll up your sleeve and give us a hand. (laughs) Everything, is that right, was created. He says, there you go. Eat. I believe everything you'll ever need was provided for, for a life of godliness. So Jen, a couple of years ago, gets heart failure. And we go to the specialist and, you know, he says, medication, so you're going to be on this medication for the rest of your life. And Jen's not being smart. Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. She said, no, I won't. You know, virtually I'm a believer and I won't be on medication for the rest of my life. How many of you know out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks? Not the minority, maybe a minority, but out of the, the thing that's in abundance, fear, faith, word, comes out of your mouth. So... What, six months ago, we go back to the specialist. She's down to just one simple tablet. And Jen says, I don't want this anymore. <laughs> to the specialist, like you're supposed to be bow like they're God or something. And she says, I don't want this anymore. And she says, well, you need it. And she says, no, I don't need that anymore. And she, the specialist says, Mrs. Stringer, you're really hard to argue with. And this is a specialist. She's on no medication at all. It's called favour. It's called grace. Just believe in God. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm just flapping my gums. My son, my son, my eldest son's a bodybuilder. I mean, he's huge. 12 eggs for breakfast. His arms are bigger than my legs. You know, he's in the way, Mr. Australia stuff. But hey, he was on steroids for a while. Listen to me. And all this protein powder junk stuff. And he's had a heart attack at age in his 50s. But the grace of God, the favor of God, he had it in the gym with a doctor standing right alongside of him and said, get yourself to the hospital right now. He's fine, he's good. But I was talking, maybe somebody here needs this. I was with the specialist and I'm talking to the specialist. I said, "What, what, what do you think about this? And he says, a large percentage of my patients are young men and women that work out in gyms and are taking this protein powder. Now, I'm just telling you what he said. It may make your body look good, he says, but it's, got not, not any, it's not good for, for longevity. It'll make you look good, but an early grade. It blocks up your arteries, apparently. Now, I don't know, somebody must need that here. But that's grace, that's favour. I've had two when we passed it up there. One young man dropped dead in the doctor's surgery. On the, Another young man from my church, taking steroids, dropped dead on the way to the hospital. But my son survived. Listen to me and the doctor stand alongside of him. That's the grace of God. That's the favor of God. Can I have an amen? That's called mega grace. What difference would it make in your life? What difference could it make for these young people if they understood the favor of God on your church, on your family? You know, we built the largest church in Darwin. I mean, this is 30 years ago. We had a church of four or 500 people. That was a mega church. The average church was about 20 people. I used to think, dear God, that's it wasn't me. God did that in in spite of my stupidity. The stupid things I did, still it was the grace of God. Can anybody know what I'm talking about? Just a simple grace. What difference would it make in your life? Your home, your family, your marriage, your business, your church? You know, the more I look into this and just Increasing that grace, the grace. what difference would it make? Increasing in that favor, not striving, not stressing. Man, I love it. So, if grace can be increased, it also must be able to be reduced. If you don't believe me, go to James with me, real quick. James chapter 4. How many of you believe the Bible? Really believe the Word of God? I like this. In James chapter 4, let me pick it up here. Da, 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 da. Chapter 2, I know you know this passage, but in verse 6 it says. But he, that's Jesus, gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. God resists the proud. Now, some of you, like the pastors, you're word students. Go home and study it out. That word resist is the same word as resist the devil. So if you're full of yourself, I feel love's going to come now. We live in a generation that's in love with its mirror. If anybody else fell in love with us, we'd get jealous. Is this too deep? I'm including myself. What does the Bible say will be the predominant sign of the last days? Six, 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 and the stormtroopers are coming? I don't think so. It says men will be lovers of themselves. And we live in a generation that's all about me and my. And unfortunately, it gets into the ministry as well. It can get into the church. But God resists the proud but it gives more grace to the humble. Is that right or not? So often it's just that motivation or whatever ego, whatever else it is, it's, it's a hard thing. Don't look at me so super spiritual. You all know what I'm talking about. Shall we have an order call for liars? Is that right? We all deal with this at some stage or other. If the devil can't get you trying to condemn you, then he'll come along and try to build your ego up. Oh, is that right or not? Man, I'm married a Sister Holy Ghost. I come back... Just be you know, you know, in the big church, and Jen says, "Here's a bag. Go and clean up the dog doings on the back lawn." Excuse me, <laughs> and I got a big dog. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? But, you know, I, it's a humbling thing. You can humble yourself, or you can wait for the world to humble you. Your choice. I want to humble myself. Peter says the same thing. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble men. As I say, look at Mark with me, Mark chapter 9. I want to share something with you that bothered me for a long time, and and I I really didn't understand it. You know, sometimes you've just had a wonderful, you know, uh, win with your faith or whatever else like this, and then all of a sudden something happens, something goes wrong, it doesn't seem to work. When we passed it in the United States, I I had a lady raised from the dead in a hospital in front of doctors. So it wasn't just made up. The doctor took me and he says, I don't know what what you did. He said, that woman was clinically dead. He says, but any time you want to do it here, you're welcome to do it. But my next time, prayed for the budgie and it died. Anybody know what I'm talking? No. We had a young man in our church, beautiful young man with cancer in the leg. I did everything I, I knew to do. You know all the scriptures confessed everything, but he still died. I don't have the answer for that, people. But I do realise I think we were trying to do it in our own strength. We're trying to make something happen, and here you find the story where they they bring the young boy. Remember, that's got a dem- demon in. The t- they bring him to Jesus in Mark chapter nine. Let's look here in verse seventeen. Then one of the crowd answered and said, Teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth and he gnashes his teeth and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. Didn't say wouldn't, said couldn't. We'll go back a couple of chapters. They were given power, Luke 10, 19, power and authority over all the power of the enemy. Is that right or not? Jesus said, I give you power to trample on serpents. Is that right or not? Hello? Go back a couple of chapters, and they actually were doing it. They came back and said, even the demons are subject. And now it doesn't work. Ever, ever ask yourself, why, if we read on? So they bring him to Jesus, and he says in verse 19, so he answered them and said, oh, faithless well, faith generation, how long shall I be with you? How long will I bear with you? Bring him to me. They brought him to him. When he saw him, he immediately the spirit convulsed. And fell on the ground, he wallowed, foaming at the mouth. And if you read on, it says here that he, in verse, um, verse 25, when Jesus saw the people were come running, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out and enter him no more. And so afterwards, the disciples sidled up, in verse 28. When he came come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? and Jesus or so he said to them this kind comes out by nothing but by prayer and fasting. Now look at me. Demons don't come out by prayer and fasting. They come out by using authority. He's talking about their unbelief. He's talking about something inside of us. Prayer and fasting doesn't move God, it moves us. Is that right? I begin to see my faults, things that need to change. And so here but I've never seen this before, but let's read on just a little bit more. So he's saying, you know, I I believe he's talking about ego, pride, things like that. They departed from there and passed to Galilee, and he did not know what anyone, anyone to know it. Taught the disciples, verse 32, but they did not understand and were afraid to ask him. Then he came to Capernaum, and when he was in the house, he asked him, what was it that you disputed among yourselves on the road? In other words, what were you talking about before this happened? What, what, what was going on they kept silent verse 34 from the road they had disputed among themselves who would be the greatest is that right or not who's who's going to be the biggest name who's going to be the big anyone is that right or not think about this you know pride personal ambition personal motivation is that right they're arguing who's going to be the greatest I shared in the first service, I love talking about John, the the, the disciple whom Jesus loved. If you read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark and Luke, the Synoptic Gospels, those three, are written within six months of Jesus' death. John's written 65 years later. At the end of his life is this man that served God all of his life, the only one that has a revelation of love and grace. He writes, the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Think about this. He doesn't even call himself by name. He says, I'm the disciple whom Jesus loved. They're arguing at the Last Supper. Remember who's going to be the greatest? Who's going to sit at the right hand? And John's lying with his head on Jesus' breast. All he wants is fellowship. Is that right or not? Hello. The only one that hears the heartbeat of God. He's the last one at the cross. He's the first one to the tomb. They try to kill him. All the other disciples die, martyrs, death, John dies of old age. Is that right? Not on Pat Moss, but but in, in Ephesus. They try to kill him, try to boil him, and all they can't kill him. Because love never fails. Could we learn something from this man? Hello, listen to me. I'm looking. At this, is that right or not? And he understands grace. He understands the love of God. Think about that just for a minute here. They're arguing who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom. Who, you know, who's going to sit at the right hand of the. And I believe, I believe that's the reason that they couldn't even cast a demon out. God resists the proud. If you're going to be big note yourself, then you're not going to operate in the grace of God. I don't, hey, might be the best thing since sliced bread, but you ain't going to operate in the grace of God. We were doing it at a pastor's conference some years ago, a lot of well-known pastors, great, was really good. And I'm not speaking that night, so we front up and I bring my car up and I'm looking for a place to park. And there's a well-known evangelist in front of me and he's really angry with the young guy handling the parking. And he's saying, where's my specific parking spot? Where do I park? And the young guy's saying, well, you're not speaking tonight, sir. You know." And so the, He says, don't you know who I am? I thought, this guy's got Alzheimer's. Don't even know who he is. Anyway, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. He says, don't you, do you know who I am? I f- and this young guy, he's actually berating this young man. I'm thinking, you know what? That person's no longer in ministry. No longer in ministry. You know, God resists the proud. I don't care who you are. God resists the proud but gives more grace to the humble. You know, I've been in this a long time. And sometimes there's ministers that have got to sit on the front. I feel a I was going to come now. Got to sit on the front row, push, shove, manipulate to get there. Is that Right. Whatever, listen to me, you shouldn't be demanding special privileges. We're all the same in the sight of God, my good, Is that right or not? Grow up. My wife's exact opposite. She said, let's go and sit up the back. Or you can promote yourself and big note yourself. It's gone very quiet in this Presbyterian church right about now. <laughs> this is me. Read it for yourself. I've been studying this. The reason I believe because they'd cast out demons before, they can't do it this time. It's because pride's involved. Self-motivation. Who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom of God? And Jesus talks about it. If you're going to be the first, then you'll be the last. Is that what he says next? You know, Jesus came to serve. He's washing pe Is that right? Washing people's feet. And Peter says, not washing my feet. And Jesus said, well, if I can't, then you'll have nothing. And he says, well, wash all of me then. You know, we've got to close on in a few minutes so i don't know if i can just help you a little bit what would you like life really be like if mega grace if we had that mega grace imagine what the church would be like if we just had that mega grace if we came together first thing i'm looking at they came together they were in unity is that right one accord they they took all of their personal i'm not saying you have to do that but they begin to share their, even their personal position. Is this correct or not? And all of a sudden, the next thing says, great. With great power and mega grace came on them all. Now, if God's no respect of persons, then I could expect that in my church. Can I have an amen? I could expect that in my ministry. Is that right or not? But first of all, I think I just have to humble myself. And even before, I'm not a big, big nut myself, but before I preach, I say, hey, I need you, Lord. I can't do this. I'm not as smart as Pastor Tony and Patsy. I don't have the, and your singers, man, when I sing it, sounds like a cat squalling or dying or something like that. You know, and I look up, that's wonderful. That's the grace that's on their lives. That's not on my life. Paul says, I am what I am by the grace of God. Is that right or not? Don't change what you try to change. You are what you are. Can I have an amen or what? You know, anyway. I don't know about you, but the more I look into this, man, I, I just love it. That grace of God. Uh, let, let me read. Uh, got, anybody got an amplified Bible? Can you bring up verse 16 in the, uh, of that passage in Mark? Mark chapter 9, verse 16. Uh, is, that, is that the passage I wanted? I think it is. Sorry, no, John chapter 1. Verse 16. In the amplified. So we're talking about higher levels of grace. For out of his fullness, abundance we all have received, all had a share. And we we're all supplied with one grace after another. And one and spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing. And even favor upon favor. Is that awesome or what? And gift. Heaped upon gift. Favor on favor. Think about that. Is that what he's saying or not? Spiritual blessing. Grace. Grace after another. But also favor upon favor. I I love that. Thank you, Jesus, for your favor. Man, where would I be without that favor? Quickly, a couple of scriptures and we'll close. Ephesians chapter 2 and reading to you from verse 4. It says here, But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, and by grace you have been saved. Now, you were not saved with your faith. You were saved by grace through faith. But I remember saying that one time, and the Spirit of God said to me, that's arrogance that you think that you were saved through your own. I don't have enough faith to get saved. We're saved by grace through faith. It goes on to say here, by grace you've been and raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ." that in the ages to come, oh, I love it! the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Is that awesome or what? Let that sink in, just sink in a little bit. The ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his what? Kindness, oh, I love that, his kindness in Christ, Christ Jesus. What difference would mega grace make in your life? What difference would it make for the pastors in the church? You know, you look at one church and it's growing and exploding and then others have been struggling and striving and hey, they've given their best shot. What, what's the difference? Could it be just the grace of God, the favour of God? Let me read to you Ephesians three, sixteen and 17. This is from the Passion Translation and i pray that we would un- i pray that he would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power is that awesome or what explosive you know saying you know the grace of god is just a the unmerited favour, that's far below. That's like saying the atom bomb is an explosion. It's far more than that. It's God's unmerited favour, but it's much more than that. Then by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside of you and the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. that awesome what? Become the very source and the root of your life. I've changed so much. My wife will tell you that. But, you know, all of a sudden I'm just starting to see the goodness of God, the grace of God. You know, we're in a lockdown, shutdown. And, you know, a lot of people, I understand that. But I've actually been enjoying it. I I really have. Maybe I'm nuts. I don't know. Maybe I, I don't understand. But I've actually... You know, I'm starting to see the favour of God, the grace of God, people storing up dunny paper and everything else. We've not had to do anything. You go there and then there it is. Is this too deep? Anybody know what I'm talking about? You know, see them wheeling out truckloads of toilet paper and everything else. And we just front up to where we're going and it's there on the shelf. It's called favour. It's called grace. surely, The God that created the universe can supply a bit of dunny paper. Is this too deep? Only created the universe, but can't supply a couple of cans of food and a bit of dunny paper. There's something wrong somewhere. It comes back to that trust. Paul says, I don't frustrate, that the grace of God might not be in vain. The way the grace of God is in vain, is It's offered to you, but you don't receive it. For whatever reason, you just don't receive it. Mega grace. Father, I just thank you for my brothers and my sisters, these wonderful, beautiful people. I speak the blessing over their lives. I call them the head, not the tail. Above and not beneath, whatever they turn their hands to shall prosper and succeed. Their homes, their families will no longer be subjected to the enemy robbing, killing, and destroying. Lord, I ask that the eyes of their understanding might be illuminated They might know the hope of their calling. They might know the unlimited riches of your grace, your mercy, your kindness on their lives. Mega grace was upon them all. Mega grace was upon them all. Lord, I just thank you. I just speak that over these people, mega grace, over the church, over Pastor Tony, Pastor Patsy, I just see this church exploding, just filled to capacity, three, four services if necessary. I just see them scratching their head. What do we do differently? The grace of God, unmerited favor of God. While your heads are bowed, nobody looking around, just for a moment, just for a quick moment. Is there anybody here that you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord? I'm not asking you to join the church. I'm asking you to pass from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light, that you've come to the place in your own life that you realize that you can't make it in your own strength. All that pushing and shoving and striving and thinking you know it all, and it hasn't paid off. How's that working for you now? I won't drag you down the front. I won't embarrass anybody. But if that's you, just pop your hand up and say, I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and Saviour. Anyone at all? I won't won't embarrass anybody. Just put your hand up and pull it down and I'll pray for you right where you're sitting right now. Got a man in the first service get saved. The goodness of God. I see one hand up the back. Nobody's looking around. It's nobody else's business. It's just between you and God. Thank you, Lord. Can I get you all to stand up? Would you say this with me? It helps me to close my eyes. I can concentrate better. But say it out of your heart. Say, I believe that Jesus Christ. No, convince me. Come on. That Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died on the cross for me. And I ask you now, Lord, come into my life. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my saviour. I believe according to your word that the Holy Spirit comes into my life, causes me to be born again, a child of God made in the image of God. Thank you, Jesus. From this moment on, you'll be my Lord and you'll be my Savior. Thank you, Lord, for the grace poured out on my life. Come on, say it. The mega grace poured out on my life, my home, my family, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give the Lord a clap offering. Can we do that? If anybody would need prayer, I know you've got your own prayer team, but if anybody specifically would just like us to pray for them, I'd be Jen and I'd be happy to pray for you afterwards. One more time, if I can leave you with this. What would your life be like? Stop and think. What would your life be like if that mega grace was released in your life? They changed the then known world. They went out. Is that right? Nero's fiddling as Rome burns. They've, they're blaming the Christians. They're hanging Christians on the cross. They're lighting them up like Roman candles. But they go out in the grace of God and they change the then known world. Without a loudspeaker, without a jumbo jet, without even a car, they change the world. And great grace, great grace came upon them all. Let's give the Lord a clap offering. Praise God. If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at brainer.org.au.